0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of Nebraska soccer talk. I am your host Joe Cleary. On today's episode, we have an interview with Neil Ayats, junior midfielder from the UNO Mavericks men's soccer team. And I'm going to be covering all of the college soccer programs or most of them in today's podcast. Um, we'll be saving most of the high school coverage for the next coming weeks because we're gonna be covering districts, sub districts and the state tournament with a flurry of high school soccer over the next few weeks. So If you're looking for high school soccer, today's probably not the episode for you, but I do have a roundup of all the college programs as well as a great interview with UNO Mav, Neil Ayats. We are going to get right into it with our college soccer season review for the Nebraska schools. I was going to do this last week, but then decided at the last minute not to post all the recordings um, that I did. And I'm kind of thankful because we had some news that broke. Some teams are still playing. And um, so I'm just glad that I waited and so I can give a full rundown of some of the teams and then just an overview of some of the divisions that we have in our state. So let's get started with the Division One teams. Then we're going to work our way through the rest. Uh, First, the one division one team that's still competing the UNO men's Maverick, UNO Maverick men's program. They are national tournament bound taking on nationally ranked UNC Greensboro. Um, Omaha was able to make it in after taking second in the Summit League, and Denver was unable to participate in the national tournament due to COVID. So the Summit League and the NCAA decided to award the Mavs the chance and I think it's deserved the Mavs play second behind Denver but didn't even have the chance to play Denver due to a bunch of rescheduling because of weather and COVID and all of this stuff. So it was pretty unfair initially. And I think the Mavs were pretty disappointed to be left out of the national tournament without even being given a chance to earn it. Well, now they get that chance. Um, uh, a Pretty successful spring season for the Mavs. Um, I think they have a lot coming back as well, but uh, individually uh, a successful season as well. Hugo Kamatani was named newcomer of the year. He was named newcomer to the newcomer newcomer team. Ah, sorry. And he was named to the first team summit league team. Um Hugo was playing as the number nine for the Mavs, just, just a great finisher. Um Fitzroy Cummings, defensive player of the year, uh also could have probably been named Newcomer of the Year, but he had a great competition from his own teammate, was named to the newcomer team and was also named to the first team in the summit league. Uh Nil Ayats, the number 10, who we were speaking to today on the podcast, and Stevie C out of Omaha Central were also joined uh joined the those two on the first team for the Summit League. Uh, Kenji Obama-Dem, who had a little bit of a slower start, but then came on at the end with some important goals for the Mavs. He was named to the newcomer team and was named to the second team as well. And then finally, rounding out the individual awards, Ed Port, uh, the newcomer from England, was named to the newcomer team. So congratulations to those individuals and good luck to the Mavs as they take on UNC Greensboro. We're, we'll hear more about that in a little bit from Neil Ayats. Uh, next over to the UNO Maverick women's program lost 3-0 in the conference final to uh Denver uh Denver's best team in the Summit League uh the UNO gave up a really early goal probably not a great goal to give up in general um both with the timing and the type of goal that they gave up um unfortunately that kind of dictated the play UNO did push back had a goal ruled out offside um but they just couldn't weren't couldn't bring enough to the table to handle denver's talent and denver's athleticism and and i think UNO was is feeling uh heavy legs from their uh double overtime penalty kick shootout victory over south dakota state two days previous um but overall really solid season i mean obviously disappointed not to make the national tournament but i think if you had told the mavs coaching staff and the mavs players that they would be where they were i think they'd be happy but i also think they thought they could do it too um, and speaking to all of them, um, that they really believe that that's where they belonged, and they proved that. Um, they also had successful individual years. Uh, Mia Olson, goalkeeper of the year, first team newcomer team. Sophia Green, forward, dynamic player. I can't wait to watch her play for the next few years. She was newcomer of the year, second team newcomer team. Margaret Levine, big presence in the back. She was named to the first team in the Summit League, and then uh, hometown player Grace Ostergard from Millard West. She was named to the second team in the newcomer team. I'm excited to watch Grace play over the next several years. I think she's going to be a force uh, for the Mavs for the next three, four years. Uh, Jordan West, defender, played next to Margaret Levine, newcomer team. Um, And then Reagan Zimmers, Miller North grad, uh, sporting Omaha, DA player. Um, She was named to the newcomer team. Reagan had a great year. I really enjoyed watching her and Grace play in the midfield together. Um, I'm looking forward. I think the Mavs um, will be a forced to reckon with in the summit league and in uh, the regional conversation because of who they have now, who they're bringing in and they're not losing a lot. So um, we'll be exciting to watch them play next fall and hopefully more of a normal season. Um, Heading over to the blue side of Omaha, we got the Creighton women's program who went on a tear in the second half of the season. They started off really tough and it was not looking great for the Jays early in their Big East schedule. Um, but they racked off four or five victories in a row. Um, they made it into the biggie's tournament for the first time in program history. Uh, unfortunately they fell in the semifinals to nationally ranked Georgetown on a penalty kick in overtime. And I didn't get to see it, but judging by the comments on overtime or on, uh, social media, it maybe wasn't, uh, deserved, um, individual awards, Ada Cardovich, biggie's first team, Ainsley Atkinson, Biggie's second team, Maddie Radke, Biggie's freshman team, but then some big news, Skylar Heinrich from Elkhorn, um, local player, excellent player, was Biggie's freshman of the year last year. Um, She made the Biggie's second team, but then after the season was ending, um, we found out that she was entering the transfer portal. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, comes of that, if she truly does leave, if she's just testing the waters or, or what the deal is. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't heard. Um, So kind of a little bit of a down note uh, for the Creighton women's program, but they are filled with talent. So I'm sure that they are, they will bounce back and be just fine heading into next fall. Uh, Coach Ross Pauly and staff were awarded coaching staff of the year in the big East. So congratulations to them. Uh, Definitely a tough year for everyone, but you know, they bounced back really well and it was exciting to watch them on that run to get them into the big East tournament. Finally over the men's program. Uh, the Creighton men's program fell in the semifinals to Georgetown, who was uh, number two in the country at the time. Uh, unfortunately, Creighton men were the only Big East team to make their postseason tournament, but then not go to the national tournament. So I think probably an overall disappointing spring for the Jays. Um, they, I mean, I think the blue Jay men's program has certain expectations. They have a certain history and tradition. And so I assume that they wanted to be in the national tournament. Um, But uh, good news, they have a lot coming back. Uh, Diego Gutierrez, Big East Offensive Player of the Year, first team, has announced that he is returning next fall, um, which is great for him, great for the Jays, it's great for Omaha because of of his hometown connections. Um, Diego, I've been speaking with Diego um, via DMs on Twitter, so hopefully getting him on the podcast sometime in the near future. Uh, Duncan McGuire, second team, uh, he's a freshman this year, out of Creighton Prep, Honestly, probably deserved to be freshman of the year. I don't know how they didn't pick him. He led the freshman, Big East freshman in points. um, And I don't know. But deserved second team. Duncan McGuire had a good year. Can't wait to watch him continue to play. Callum Watson, second team, all-tournament team. Uh, Charles August, second team, all-tournament team. I really enjoyed watching both of those two play, especially Callum on the wing. And then Musa Congo was the second team in the Big East. Um, He's the question mark. I don't know. Uh, I haven't reached out to the Creighton staff on if Musa is planning on returning, but him and Diego were the only two seniors. So Creighton, if everyone stays, could be returning a lot um, and should be pretty competitive next year. The Husker women's program, the final Division One program we hadn't talked about yet today. Their season ended in disappointment. Um, They beat Iowa 1-0 in the regular season, which was a great victory. It set up a, a matchup in the Big Ten tournament against Minnesota, a very winnable game, I think, that the Huskers felt like. Unfortunately, they did not pass COVID protocols. So they had to forfeit that game to Minnesota and Minnesota moved on. Um, and then actually Iowa moved on all the way um, to win the Big Ten championship. So um, uh, it's, it's disappointing, but I think uh, Nebraska can look and say like, hey, we can play with some of the best teams um, if, if we're on our game. Unfortunately, uh, they were inconsistent this year. They're, they're also a young team. We have a lot of young uh, Division I college teams uh, in the state this year. And so combine that young with COVID. That's why I think we got what we got this year from some of our programs. Um, but the Husker women's program was, uh, disappointingly shut out in the regular season awards. Um, so no regular season awards for the Huskers, um, which is, which is disappointing in its own right, because I do think some of their players, uh, deserve them. I think they're going to come back, uh, extra motivated next fall um, I have no doubt about that. I just know what that coaching staff does and and, and the players that they have. I, I think they're going to be ready for next fall. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching the Huskers uh, play next fall during a more normal year along with all the other uh, Division I uh, programs. So moving on to Division Two, University of Nebraska Kearney finished a disappointing 0-8 this spring with two canceled games, one versus Northeastern Junior College and the other versus Northwest Missouri State. Uh, tough spring season for the Lopers overall. But I think it's important to note that these games don't truly count towards anything, no official records, no championships, eligibility, et cetera. Uh, Division two canceled their national tournament. So most conferences, even if they played a conference tournament, um, they, nothing was uh, official. So hopefully the Lopers use this as a learning experience. They are a young team, just like, I feel like that's a broken record that I'm saying a lot of teams are young this year, uh, which makes it especially hard during a year with COVID and, um, Carney only had four seniors. I am not sure which ones are returning, um, but it'll be interesting to see how the the Lopers fare next year in the MIAA, which is always a tough conference. Moving over to the other Division II squad in the state, Wayne State College Wildcats. They had a solid spring season so far. They're 5-2-1. Two, uh, two good results over Augustana, a win over Winona State, and they pushed Mankato all the way in a high-scoring uh, game. So good good job by the, the Wildcats. Um, the Wildcats are building momentum for the fall, I think. Um, obviously, I know the roster really well. I think that they have a lot of talent there and will cause some problems in the Northern Sun again, just like uh, we did in 2019. So they have two matches left. They traveled to Sioux Falls and to Mankato. They had to uh, move their Sioux Falls game. Um, they had a couple of uh, COVID protocol issues, so they put, were put on pause, but they hopefully are going to play those last two games. Wayne State does have three seniors, but on, only Madison Craig will be returning for her fifth year the nebraska Wesleyan men's and women's programs are both done with their very brief spring seasons the men finished two and four with two canceled games at the end of the season versus simpson and Wartburg. and the women finished two and three with three canceled games at the end of the season versus central central college simpson and Wartburg as well um the men had a couple exciting uh, overtime winning games late late goals scored um in their in their matches and the women uh produced in their wins produced some high scoring um abilities so both exciting things for the programs um overall okay spring seasons for the prairie wolf programs i'm sure the coaches um know what these seasons were about and it's just about hopefully getting in a few games um and then i'm hoping to get over to lincoln to check out a doubleheader next year uh they're both competitive in the american rivers conference which is a good division three conference (music) On the NAIA women's side, first in the GPAC, Concordia were supposed to be lone participants in the NAIA National Tournament, but they had to bow out due to COVID protocols. On the men's side, Morningside lost in the first round of the NAIA National Tournament on penalty kicks to Mid-America Christian. Hastings moved on due to COVID protocols, and Briarcliff moved on by beating Southwestern Christian University. Unfortunately, both of them crashed out in the second round. Briarcliff lost 4-0 to Oklahoma Wesleyan, and Hastings lost 4-0 to Missouri Valley College. Carrying the flag for Nebraska, though, is Bellevue University men's soccer. Bellevue, I think number 13th in the country at this point, have beat Mid-American Nazarene University in dramatic golden goal fashion to propel themselves into the final set of the NAIA National Tournament. The finals are made up of a 10-team knockout tournament. Bellevue will try to keep their season alive against Columbia. That game is scheduled for Thursday, May 6th. A number of players earned all-conference honors in the Pack and the AII, and you can find those on the school's respective websites. And I'm going to save the roundup for of junior college teams for after when they're done playing. We have obviously Central Community College, Southeast Community College, and then Western Nebraska and Northeast all competing still. And then uh, right across the river we have two juggernaut programs. Uh, the Iowa Western men's and women's soccer programs are off to a great start as well for their season. So we'll recap all that um in a couple of weeks when they are done competing. Um but we we'll talked college soccer and so now uh I want to get right into the interview with Nil Ayats, you know Maverick men's soccer player, first team All Summit League, and from Barcelona or from Catalonia, Spain. So enjoy the interview. Today, I'm joined by UNO Maverick men's soccer player, Neil Ayats. Uh, Neil is an attacking midfielder, withdrawn forward, whatever you whatever you want to classify him. He's, he's a dynamic player for the Omaha Mavericks. And uh, we're excited to have him on the podcast today because this coming week, they are going to be competing in the national tournament. So, Neil, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the show and uh, excited to talk a little soccer and your background. Great, great to be here. Yeah, so let's get let's get started. Let's start before you join the Omaha Mavericks, just to just to fill in our listeners a little bit about you, and I want to learn a little bit more about you. So, you played for several different clubs in the Catalonian region, um, which is an area of Spain that, if you're not familiar with, please make sure to do some research into because it's it's one of my favorite areas of Spain. But what was it like playing in the youth youth setup of a club like Español, which is a, almost 125 years old?
1: Uh, it was great. I mean, I've been, I was there for, for four years and I remember just amazing things happening there, uh, especially the traveling thing. Um, we were 12 years old and, and we were traveling around the world. I've been in, in Qatar, uh, I've been in South Africa, I've been in different places in Europe. And even, even I played um, the, the FIFA World Cup 2010 in South Africa. Oh, wow. Being only 13 years old, it's just an, an unbelievable experience. And you get to play with people that is amazing. And is actually, they are actually playing in in first divisions in Europe. So it was an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, that's kind of cool to see maybe as as you went a different direction and they went different directions to see players that you maybe played with and played against now playing at, you know, the top levels. of uh, you're originally from Taradell, as best I could say that. Uh, are you an Are you an Espanyol supporter, or who, what, what club do you support?
1: Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a really tough question. Um, well, we are we are from Barcelona fans. Um, yeah. No, Espanyol is is a great team, and uh, it's always good to have teams in in the region that is playing, that are playing in first division. Um, we're Barcelona fans and, and we support FC Barcelona.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and while we talked off air, I was lucky enough to go to an Espanol match, but I did get to uh, visit the Barcelona stadium and their museum. And like, like what a cool experience. I wish I could have gone to a match there, obviously, but uh, very cool to learn the history about all of that. So as you got older, you played for a couple clubs in the lower divisions of Spanish football. How does the style of play in the lower divisions of Spanish football compare to maybe the Division I men's soccer world over here in the United States? Um, it's pretty similar, honestly, to be honest. Uh,
1: the biggest change uh, I've seen is the, the physique change and the fitness. Uh, in Spain, we, we focus a lot on the technique and building up from the back and slowly, you know, from one yeah. side to another, and and trying to to play through the midfielders a lot, and here the beginning was so complicated because it just when you start the game it's just a instead of a soccer game it's like a tennis game like the ball yeah. goes crazy up and down, and and that was the biggest difference I feel like. But in terms of once you grow up, um, anywhere um, you try to be as complete as you can, and but the fitness the fitness uh field here in in the States is is way way bigger bigger of a deal uh, okay in Spain
0: okay um yeah and that's obviously the the NCAA with the substitution rules obviously makes that game a lot faster And then you have some incredible athletes I mean I look at your even the Omaha Mavericks and I wouldn't want against want to go against the two center backs that you have uh you're uh, starting eleven right now, those guys those guys scare me, and I don't even have to go against them. So, um, but uh, I had the opportunity to visit Catalonia, Bar- the Barcelona area, um, and it is I've been to a handful of different places in Europe, and it's probably I always tell people it was my favorite um, the the architecture, the food, the people, the landscape, just everything. I, I loved everything. But what what makes Barcelona and Catalonia special and, and different maybe uh, if you can explain briefly to the audience what, what, that, what that's like
1: I mean who is going to talk bad about the hometown you know um, but Catalonia is just amazing um, basically because the biggest difference between Catalonia and the states maybe is that in Catalonia you have everything, you have coast you have mountain, you can go sky in ski sorry in an hour and a half and go to the coast in an hour away from your home. Especially where I'm from, is it's just in the middle of, of Catalonia, in the center. Mm-hmm. So I have everything close, uh, an hour close. And the food, I mean, if you guys know about the paella and, and everything, it's just amazing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully it's... you get the chance, hopefully you get the chance to go there and experiment yourself firsthand, but
0: yeah. yeah absolutely and then um so I think that everyone so I've coached several international players um from different areas of the country everywhere world everywhere from England to Australia um to Germany um and what and every international player has a different process of coming over to the United States so like can you talk a little bit about that like How did, why did you decide to come over to the United States Uh, and how did you get connected? Like what made you decide on Omaha?
1: Yeah, basically I was playing in Spain third division um, my, when I was 19 years old and that was the time that I was in the university in Spain as well. Okay, And I couldn't combine both things uh, pretty much like comfortable in a comfortable way. So I decided to just I mean, several people were telling me that the American system and the NCAA uh, were, were the, the next steps for me to, to go through. And, and basically, I went through an agency that they, they bring players from, yep. from Catalonia or from Barcelona or Spain uh, to the United States, and they try to, to build connections for you and, and try to, to find uh, the, the best scholarship for you. And that's that's how I, I came here in the in Omaha.
0: Very cool. And and what was it like for your family? Did were they understanding? Were they scared? Uh, how's that been? Have they been out to visit um, at all? Have, you know what, what's that been like with your family?
1: Um, my dad was super in favor of that. Um, was like go there and try to do your best. Uh, I mean Going to the stage is always a, a positive outcome. You learn a new language, which is English. Um, yep. The you build relationships um, and you grow as as, as a person. Uh, I'm more mature right now than I was when I was 19 years old uh, when I first came. And my grandparents were super in favor, even though <laughs> the, the 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 they're old. My mom was a little bit. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah and most yeah, moms aren't <laughs> be
1: careful i want you home but it's all right you know but overall my family are just proud that i that i chose to to be in the states and i'm pretty proud right now as well very
0: very cool and i think do they? i'm guessing they still get the chance to watch you online uh via the omaha network
1: yeah <laughs> sometimes sometimes 3 a.m but <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep yep, but yeah, yep they have the chance um and so then you you got to omaha and um you have the opportunity to play for a program that has just been kind of slowly going up and up and up in the in the in kind of the strength of of the division one level like they're just continuing to get better 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 and stronger and stronger and stronger and you're now playing for coach bob warming uh coach warming is kind of i mean is considered by many to be a legend in Omaha soccer because of his time at Creighton. And then now his time at Omaha, uh, what's playing for, what's playing for coach, uh, warming like.
1: It's been great. It's been great. Um, since the beginning, he has given me a lot of confidence and, and now was his first sign.
0: So I, I, I saw that. Yeah. I saw so, that on, I went, when I went back and looked at when you committed and were signed, it was, yeah, you were his first, you were his first signing, which is, that that's that's a uh, that's a big deal. Yeah. So he
1: came in Barcelona to meet me personally. Him uh, and Grant came, and okay. I've been always feeling like 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 kind of a family, to yep. be honest. Um, so proper close to me and and it's been great, great experience.
0: Well, and just from some of his uh, from a, from some of his tweets on social media, he's obviously very proud of like how much you've grown. Um, cause I even watched some videos of you from your freshman year where you were really good, but like you said, you've probably matured, not just in like the mental and the, and the, and the psychological, but also like in the physical and, and, and your play you've you've, you were making an impact back then and now you're making an even bigger impact. And you could tell that he's really proud of you for doing that. And I think a lot of Omaha fans are obviously excited about that too. Um, so obviously you're, you're in Omaha, the middle of America, um, and every journey, every college journey, has its up and ups and downs. And you made an impact right away as a freshman. Uh, you were an all summit or summit league all tournament team your freshman year. Um, what was the hardest part about adjusting to the U.S.? You kind of talked about it, like learning a new language, being far away from school. Um, what were some other challenges, either with soccer or just being over in the United States in general?
1: Uh, well, you always uh, in Europe. There's always the saying that, oh, you're gonna go to the US, that's gonna be easy for you to play there, you know. I was already a kind of a good player back in back in Spain, so it's gonna be easy for you to, to just get there and, and play right away. And I remember not playing as much the first three games. Um, I remember playing against Creighton only for ten minutes the first season that I came here and I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> 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 If I don't play, like, what's what's next, you know? Like, uh, I'm going to be super, super down in motivational, you know, and and yeah, I mean, thank God I, I, I got back into the lineup uh, after the third game and we started winning some games. And and I got lucky enough to get into the, the tournament team, which was a, was a great experience, even though we, we lost against Denver um, 1-0. And yeah, overall, it's been, as you say, it's a journey that you have ups and downs and you have to fight mentally as well. Um, when you have the the downs and, and we have the, the ups, you have to be humble as well, you know?
0: Yeah. So we're going to talk about some of those ups and downs right now. So down after your great season, you hurt your knee, like fairly, fairly badly. Like you tore, I think it was your meniscus in your knee. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you missed a lot of the uh, 2019 season, right? I think you only played about three games. Um, and, then, and then 2020 fall was, and, and the spring of 2019, probably during your recovery was taken away uh, by COVID. Um, what was it like for you being away from the game for so long, especially someone who the game is pro- clearly very important and a big part of your life?
1: Uh, injuries are always the worst thing that, that can happen to an athlete, uh, especially for us that we love the game and we just play everywhere. You know, we play everywhere. When, it's, when we see a ball, we just, we get our touch, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. um, but it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't my first surgery in my knee, um, it was my second surgery. Okay. I had a previous surgery when I was 12 years old, when I was playing for Espanol.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and it just it's a challenge that you have to, I mean, you have to get back in shape uh, physically. Um, a challenge mentally. Um, you grow a lot as well. You, you your matureness is just growing, and, and it's a positive outcome out of the the surgeries as well or the injuries. Yep. And and I got lucky as well to play for the championship tournament uh, last. Last year, I mean, before the COVID year, yep. that gave me a little bit of hope to just get back into it and and perform like I'm performing right now. So
0: yeah, absolutely, and and um, I know Omaha is happy to have you back. I Just as you're happy to be back, I could see, I could see just uh, the excitement even when we first got on on talking that you're just you know excited that you get to keep playing one more match for sure, hopefully more. Um, so then, I heard something. I caught something on a broadcast this year from the Omaha uh, Mavericks that you almost didn't return to Omaha because you you had an opportunity to go professional. Um, what opportunity was that, and and what 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 played into your decision to decide to come back and and, and play at least one more year? Um, it was
1: actually two weeks in. Uh, we were already here uh, training. And my dad just called me and said, hey, we have this pro team that wants to sign you. And I was like, but how? Like right away? He's like, yeah, I mean, you can you can buy the flights in getting there tomorrow morning and sign the deal with, with them. And I was like, woof. And I mean, it's a, it's, it's a dream, you know, like right. uh, getting a pro contract. But actually, like I was thinking when you just calm down and, and not hype enough, you're like, OK, let's evaluate that. And and think about it, and I was already a captain um, here in Omaha. It's just a family. Uh, yep. I didn't want to to lose friends, even though you never lose a friend, but I didn't want to, to lose the experience to live at least one more year with them. And and I lose the the chance to be a bro here in America, you know, coming yep. back to Spain it's just getting back where, where you were before. And and I just decided to to stay here one more year, and and see what happens.
0: Well, we're happy that you stayed. Um, how was how was how was the coaching staff through that? Was because I'm sure that's that has to be hard. I have never had to experience that as a coach, um, but I'm sure that's hard as a coaching staff because you want to be supportive, but you also don't want to lose a really good player.
1: Yeah, I mean, coach was was positive about it. Um, it was, it's always good that that some teams are. interested in signing you and and by coach perspective was like it's not the first one that is that you're gonna get so um feel feel great for that and and i'm thankful that you you believe in the project that that they have built in in omaha and yeah pretty much that
0: yeah and like that's and that's great that you had the support of your team the support of your coaches and that but that obviously probably like you said you feel like the family you feel that loyalty uh to your team and to the to the school um so the 2021 season has been interesting for everyone because we're playing in the spring Mm -hmm. um and it's almost been like a second coming of a breakout season for you because uh we haven't been able to see you play very much over the last two years uh after your freshman year um I was really excited as as an Omaha resident now to watch the Creighton Omaha game because I think it always has something special um I can't wait to see the next game where we can have more fans because I was at a Creighton Omaha game where there was like 5,000 fans at it or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, it, did you feel, even though without the fans, um, did you feel like that was a pretty, did you feel this, like how special that game was or, and you've played in it twice now cause you played in against them in a the freshman year.
1: Yeah. I mean, you always feel the, the fans and everyone, I mean, talking in, in
0: Twitter and in
1: the social media, <laughs> uh, yeah, you feel it as a player, uh, especially if, if you're going to play that game, uh, which we, we already knew what, who was going to play this game the week before. And yeah, you, you start feeling it. The social media is boiling a little bit, you know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's It's great.
0: I think, and that's the coolest part about the game is like they're, the people actually are tuning in. People actually care about it. Sometimes soccer takes a back seat in the United States um, and in Omaha and in Nebraska, but that game, that game people get excited about and they have, you know, it's a rivalry for sure, even though that you play in different conferences. Um, so in that game, you all came out absolutely flying. Um, you won three, specifically you. Uh, uh, I thought in the first half, uh Creighton did not have an answer for you um kind of playing in between the lines um and causing all sorts of problems um you won 3-0 uh, what was what was it like having that kind of a performance in that game um for you how did that feel
1: I mean we were ready before before the game uh, I could feel it in the locker room usually we we put some music we laugh you know we talk about about other things you know yeah, but that game, the music was tuned in, and we were like so focused. We were not talking, um, drinking, hydrating. Um, yeah. We were ready for that game. And you could,
0: you and you could see it. You guys came out like the first minute, like the first thirty seconds. It was like, oh, here we go. Yeah,
1: yeah. we got a little bit lucky the first game. I the first uh, goal. Yeah, uh, But then, and uh, we got lucky that that. Almost we we, we killed them uh, the first half and then
0: yeah.
1: we, just, we just have to keep the keep the lead for the second half and, and win the
0: game. Yeah, that was the thing is you put them in such a big hole. The second half was probably more even, but it was almost like it was too far too far back, uh t- too far to come. Um your biggest weekend individually was obviously a big weekend for the team. Um, and that was against Western Illinois. Um so I have a friend who is the assistant for the Western Illinois uh, men's soccer team. And he was asking about the Omaha team. And I'm like, well, if you two, or if you could find a way to stop uh, Kamatani and Iats you, you all might have a chance. And, uh, and after the series, after the weekend he was done playing with you um, playing against you, he goes, Oh, that nil IATS is, is a player. We, we couldn't, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't do much about him. So, do, do you enjoy the challenge? Because Western Illinois is a pretty defensive-minded team. Do you enjoy the challenge, um, especially with your position of breaking down a defensive-minded team like Western Illinois?
1: To be honest, I didn't enjoy the first, the first game. <laughs> was bad. <laughs> because they put a man at me, following me everywhere, everywhere. And when I say everywhere, it's everywhere. I tried even to join the center back line, and he was on me all the time. And, and after the first half, I was like, I'm done playing soccer. Like, that's, that's bad. I was told, <laughs> the guy that was following me is like, you really want to play like that? It was like, oh, I mean, it's what, what, what I have to do, you know? And, and I had to adjust a little bit my way of playing the second half. And I got lucky enough to just score the goal that that, that we, we won the game 1-0. And then the second game, um, I don't know, why <laughs> they, they, they opened it a little, a little bit the space and and they i mean it was over you know uh, yeah. coming from the first game that we didn't have enough space to to play to the second game having a lot of space and their guys were a little bit tired as well from the first game
0: yeah um, defend because when you have to defend all the time like that 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 can yeah, be tough
1: it opened up uh, a lot of spaces for us to to join the attack and and score goals
0: yeah, and I know the goal that you scored the first game, like after that had to have been a relief after getting just shadowed the entire, like playing with a shadow on you the entire time. Um, but there was a little bit of a mix up in the Western Illinois defensive line, and, but you still had a, an absolute class finish over the goalkeeper there. Um, and, and then so a great weekend, and that kind of started to continue to propel you all forward. And um, then the final, the final weekend that you actually got to play um, before the Denver weekend uh, against Oral Roberts where you had to go down to Oral Roberts. They were the top of the table. Um, you needed results. Like you couldn't, you couldn't split the games. You, you needed, you needed probably the results at least that you got. And uh, the overtime triumph for, uh, you know, Kamatani Hugo scores that, that goal in the box after kind of a scramble, I think from a corner kick, um, what did that weekend mean, or what did that result like? What was the feeling like after that game?
1: I mean, every every game that ends up with a golden goal is just amazing. The feeling is is just great because you're done and you just won the game, you know. But that game against Robert Roberts, um, we know we knew that 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 game was giving us hope and life in the in the semi league yep. and. And we knew that Denver was coming next, so um, we are ready. We are ready, and and I mean the, the experience was brutal. You know, all the team was happy. Uh, the first the first game we tied and we played pretty good, but the grass and, and their field is not is not great to play.
0: Yep, and, I've heard. I've heard.
1: Yeah, and after Junior scoring the the second in the second game. Five minutes before the end, um, we knew that the the, the overtime uh, we could beat them easy because we were in the uh, feeling the momentum. Yep. And, and we did it, and we got lucky that Owo scored that goal in the corner, and we just we were crazy. Yeah, you
0: guys, it was into the corner, everyone, and and like you said, you brought up so having coached college soccer, what is your feeling of the overtime rule in the United States? Because it's like you said, it's it's great when you win, yeah. and it's but it's it's not so great if you have to play those extra twenty minutes and then you draw, or if you end up losing. But like obviously, the elation after the golden goal is, is one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, what what? How do you how do you feel about the overtime rule? In it's, it's like Thunder? it's like
1: scoring at the ninetieth minute.
0: Yep, but, but it's over, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no kickoff. It's done.
1: It's yeah. done. Done. Uh, um, yeah, that was the one of the the biggest. Things that I was like, wow, this this is really cool, you know, okay. because in Spain, 90, 90 minutes, we still have five minutes. You can lose lose time, you know, like play yeah. with the ball and try to to scratch a little bit of minutes, uh, playing dirty kind of thing, you know. Yeah, taking it to the corner,
0: like, taking it to the corner, kicking the ball as far away as you can.
1: Exactly. Here is ninety minutes, and if you don't get the result or you die, then golden goal. Yeah, it's just it's just another thing, you know,
0: and it's unbelievable when you score a uh, golden goal. It it is the I it is the absolute best feeling. Um, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna look ahead now because you ended up not being able to play Denver, which is I know always a game that having interviewed and knowing past Mavericks, um, and knowing um past coaching staff members and all that. The Denver game, and then supporters obviously love that game too. The Denver game is the game. Like if it's it's Creighton Denver, Creighton, you know, but probably Denver because it actually means something to the Summit League. Um, uh, what's it? What was ta- What was the team? What was it like going through that? The team going through so you don't get to play. Like you go through the news of okay, we don't get to play Denver either game, and because the tiebreaker is now points per game, we take second. Denver's going through. We're done. We don't even get to try, and then and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we didn't get to play Denver, but now we get to now we actually get to move on. But what did the team? What did that feel like for the team? Like, what did everyone go through there?
1: The team went from the totally frustration to a totally happiness in a matter of one day. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, because we got an notification that that if Denver um, wasn't in the in the eight first teams that go into the NCAA tournament, they could get in because the rules of the of the COVID um, yep. quarantine they could get in. But then, if Denver was into the eight first teams that play, um, we were going in, we were getting in, and and the feeling was like, oh my god, maybe yes, maybe not, maybe yes, maybe not. And then we we watched the game, I the the, the draw. Yep. Um, in the in Baxter Arena all the team and I mean that was great you know
0: it was almost even though your name didn't get announced it was celebrating like your name did get announced (laughs) exactly we we cheer for the first time for Denver you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and like it's it's a bummer for Denver but honestly I'm very happy for all of you for all of you guys because I wouldn't you know, you you deserve this opportunity because you didn't get the opportunity to prove that you exactly. deserve it. And, like, I was – man, I was so looking forward to those Denver games because those games were always great. And I'm sure all of you were as well, not just because it mattered so much, but because that, that those that – they're one of the better teams in the country consistently and it's always nice to beat them, but it's always nice to prove yourselves against them too. Exactly. And we
1: we, we would have uh, Denver coming in our house, in our yep. home, which uh, we weren't beating for the entire season. Yep. And we had to go there like a final, you know. It would it would be great. And, and we're hope, hoping, hoping that that would happen. But, I mean, it is what it is, COVID. Yep. You it,
0: yeah, you never know. And, and, and credit to, to all of you. And hopefully that uh, things go well with, with your team and we can keep moving forward um because you get you get to play a top 25 team in the country so that's get a great test and a great opportunity for the for you and the rest of the team so speaking of the team i've really enjoyed watching the team this this year i think a lot of other supporters have um i kind of love i love the setup that um coach warming has you has the team in. i think you have two strong center backs um, you have some wide players who can absolutely fly uh I, I don't know where Stevie C gets the energy that he uh, that he has to get up and down the wing. But um, but then we get into the attack and it's it's kind of a it's a it's a really good attack because um, obviously I think a lot of attention was given, especially early in the season to Hugo Kamatani, because he just scored. He almost was scoring a goal every game. Um, but then when things started to slow down, I think probably teams started to focus on him and key in on him um, and you obviously they was West, like Western Illinois did you were you had players like Mbamadem and Ed Port step up and also contribute with assists and goals. So um Owen Godberson who I had on the podcast who you know um he he thinks that uh you and Hugo are the best in the summit league. And I and I actually you know not having been able to watch Denver very much I kind of agree with him but I think you you and Hugo Comitani are one of the best partnerships in the, the middle of the country for the, you know, in terms of ability, but also output. Um, how do you feel about that partnership that's developed between you two or the ability to, to play off each other and sometimes going alone, but also sometimes playing off each other and creating some pretty good things?
1: I mean, he's a wonderful guy, first of all. Uh, and we lived together last semester. Okay. so We've been tight since the beginning that when he came here for the first time in a visit, he lived with, with us, like okay. me and, and, and Connor and Stevie, that we were in the dorms. And it's always been great, like a great relationship between the two of us. And we're lucky that, that he understands the way I play and, and I understand the, the way the way he plays. And the fact that um, we're so close playing each other, him as a nine and and me as a ten. Um it just it's easier for us to to have a a better relationship in the field and off the field as well
0: yeah and and i love how you started off before we even started talking about soccer you're like he's he's an amazing person which if if you have that off-field chemistry as friends um some sometimes people say that doesn't matter but when push comes to shove when it's when it's the 90th minute or when it's overtime that's the type of stuff that can sometimes just Get you to that next level and get you over the top is that loyalty and that friendship and the and the the bond where you may see something, a pass that he doesn't see or that the other team doesn't see, and you're in and you score. So um I'm excited to at least watch you will play you two play together one more time. Um, but you know, hopefully it's not one last game, hopefully maybe two, maybe three. But I think what everyone's wondering, and we have to ask the question, and maybe you don't know the answer to this question, but are we going to see see Neil Ayats back in Omaha in the black and white after after this uh, spring?
1: Yes, yes. The question I the answer
0: is yes. Awesome. Uh, yeah. That is that that's great, and and we'll be excited. Hopefully, the fall is more normal um, for all of you, and we can have more fans in the stadium and 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 a regular a regular season because I think that'll be excellent for for everyone. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. So before I let you go, just kind of you know you've you've spent a few years now in Omaha what uh and you obviously love your team and love the school what are the things have you gotten to explore or what 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 are some things that you like about Omaha whether maybe it's food or places of the city or I mean downtown is pretty cool uh
1: yeah.
0: the old market it's always great to
1: go there uh, have some lunch or dinner yep the bridge who doesn't know the
0: bridge yeah Omaha? the yeah oh, the pedestrian cool. bridge
1: and I was surprised that that Omaha was like that when I first came. Um, I wasn't expecting a city like like Omaha, but uh-huh. because I was pretty much living in the in the college campus, you know. Yeah. Um. And once I got more like older and discovered other parts of Omaha, it's, it's just it's a cool city. To
0: be. Yeah, it's, it, it's it's a very cool city. It's it's something that's different that you don't find often in the Midwest in the United States. Um, I, I do have a couple of like culture based questions. Um what's what's a food that you uh that you've that you've that didn't have before when you were in Spain that you had over here now, whether it's a restaurant or a type of food that, that you really like that you
1: um <laughs> I have canes and chipotle.
0: Okay, <laughs> canes and chipotle. These,
1: these two things are unbelievable. I, um I never had them in Spain because they never don't exist there um and here it's just every time that i get the chance to to do something um i just go to and and get a bowl you know hey
0: there you go and then what's (laughs) uh what's a food or what's something like that americans eat or drink that you just that you're just like no way i
1: honestly i mean everything that they eat it's, it's it's good you know uh I don't have I don't have any food or or thing okay. that that they do that I I don't like. The only thing that I don't like is the country music. That's, that's
0: the country music. <laughs>
1: the music <I> like.
0: <laughs> yeah, the country music is uh weirdly unique to the United States, and uh you won't you just don't hear you don't hear country music in anywhere else in the world, and or anything that sounds like country music. So, exactly. uh, but yeah. other than
1: that i'm cool with
0: everything (laughs) (laughs) well that's good that's good well Neil, i'll let you go i honestly really appreciate it i know your schedule's always uh crazy with training like we were moving moving the interview here there and everywhere um but i really appreciate you coming on uh it's been a it's been really fun to watch you i'm excited to continue watching you i'm excited for fans to be able to listen to this podcast interview with you because i think it's going to be great to learn more about you and then Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to be able to watch you compete in the national tournament this week.
1: Exactly.
0: And then now that now that you're coming back, I'm going to have to ask you to come back on probably sometime in, in the fall. Would we'll be great. All right. Thanks for coming on, Neil. Thanks for you, man. And that was Neil Ayats from the UNO Maverick Men's Soccer Team. I want to thank Neil for coming on. Uh, he was very flexible with his training schedule, and I know there I uh, have an eye on the prize, an eye on the national tournament. So we want to wish the Mavericks and Neil the best of luck. Um, Make sure you are subscribed and keep tuning into this podcast because we are going to have a ton. And when I say a ton, I mean a ton of high school coverage through the website and through the podcast and through our social media with districts and sub and the state tournament coming up. It's going to be an exciting few weeks, a busy few weeks for us at Nebraska Soccer Talk. So obviously any help that our fans and listeners can provide. Uh, We appreciate it, but as always, just keep listening, rate, review, subscribe, and share with friends, family, and teammates.